Hanukkah. 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 You're listening to Hanukkah Podcast, highlighting citizen Potawatomi Nation issues, members, and more. Paige Willett and Adesh Nakas, Borewadme Ndao. I'm your host, Paige Willett, CPN tribal member and employee. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate us. During this episode, we'll spend time on a tribal member's family farm, talk with two tribal elders for Older Americans Month, and check in with Fire Lake Wellness Center on how they improve CPN employees' health with a holistic approach. Hanukkah Podcast recently spent a windy Saturday out at a tribal member's farm in northeastern Oklahoma. The Papan family descendants spent the morning feeding their animals and discussing the legacy of their new venture founded in 2019. I'm Will Papan. I'm Sarah Papan. And I'm Hope Papan. And And we we are Lively Hope Farm. I was uh, born in Busk, Oklahoma, but I, I grew up in the house next door. So this was my grandparents' house. I'm the third generation to be here. And so now we have actually five generations. The fifth generation's on the place now because I got my kids. And then now I've got two grandkids that come over. So we have British white cattle and we have painted desert sheep and we have miniature Nubian goats and we have Muscovy ducks, lots of livestock guardian dogs. We have chickens. We have a horse that lives across the road at my daughter's house. They run out of stuff for you. It's just the times we live in, I guess. And so you have to improvise with other things that you don't really want to use. And so we kind of stay. One of the cool things about coming back is, you know, I grew up playing on the creek out here. And now my kids and now my grandkids they're all going to get to play on the same creek that i grew up playing on you know and everything that i grew up doing they're going to get to do the same thing at the same place and that's just really that's just really cool i think he already has memories of this place and then we're adding more memories on top of that so it does it pulls it pulls at your heartstrings a little bit but it's also a blessing that god gave us that ability to be able to do this and let hope enjoy whatever she can get out of it. And they were born two days before. So goats, they all oh seem gosh. to have babies all on the one day. But the sheep, they don't pay attention. They just spread theirs out. <clears throat> we thought they were going to have them like on spring break while he was off. And oh no, there was only a few that were born and they're still popping them out. So My favorite... um animal on the farm is like dogs and cats and we used to have bunnies and that was my one of my favorites I mean chemicals that absolutely cannot be good for the environment I love animals and fish and whatever and so Everything I do on the farm, I, I try to do to take to take it further 
and take care of all the animals. I try to stay away from, because even, even, you know, antibiotics, and, and I'm not saying that's just bad, I just don't abuse it. I want to take care of the earth and, and leave it better than I found it. This is my very first taste of, of the farm life. I'm from Bartlesville, so my dad was um, more like an amateur radio guy, and uh, he did the emergency management in Bartlesville, and so I love the weather aspect and the sky and all that's the stuff that I like. So me, that pasture right there is really good to watch meteor showers in. So there's been some really good ones, and so there's no light, so you can see really well on that pasture back there. A friend of ours, his birthday was a couple Sundays ago, and we were standing out there. I think we were, I don't know what we were out here for, but anyway, there was a couple shooting stars that um, we got to see. So, I'm a stargazer. My dad was, and he passed it on to me, so I love it. I even wake her she up in the middle of the night and mm. drag her out here. Why are we out here? It's so cold. Just wait. You'll see the... You'll see the show. Um, you get to go outside and you get to hear the animals like um, make noises and stuff and you get to go out there and play with them. I started this for my kids. I wanted to build a legacy for them that at least a few of my kids wanted to take over when something happens to me. I wanted them to be involved now, not just whenever I pass or whatever. And at first it was like, no one's interested. And then slowly we've had a couple get on board. We would really love to not have to do our regular jobs and make this our full-time job. It would be awesome that I would get to stay home and, and work with Will all day. Um, will it be hard work? Yes, because fencing's not my favorite, but I get to do it with him. Um, and the fact that if our farm could support our family, that's a dream. Every dream to me comes with risk if you want to succeed at that dream. It is a struggle because if you work all day long and then you have to come home and figure out, you know, something might happen and where you had plans to make supper, well, it may be nine or ten before you actually get to eat because maybe uh, a goat decided to um, not push their baby out in the right amount of time or maybe you got to go find a calf that was born earlier. I mean, it just depends, whatever the farm life is. She does not like to see loss. And any, any, or giving away animals. Yeah, well, we don't, we don't give too many away. but Well, selling them. Yeah, We're just blue-collar workers and... Yes, I inherited this house and, and the land, and, but everything else is coming from our blue-collar jobs, so I don't have a lot of money. We have to sell this year. We had to start selling. These cows are so gentle. Most, most cattle's not, not this gentle, but they're, British whites are just very, they're known to be very docile, and they are. They're, they're easy going. I've always loved animals and I've always wanted to have a farm. Well, I wish it didn't happen the way it did. My parents had to pass away. And so we, we went through a good time of feeling guilty because 
you know I, it was hard I mean you you want to be here because it's your home but to lose everybody to get it's just not something you want to do now all of the family even my girls they want to milk they're starting a milking business um, and to watch that unity of them all working together um, bringing them together and wanting to make the production happen um, making Lively Hope Farm what it is um, because it's not going to be Lively Hope Farm if you don't have the livelies to add to it you know. Lively Hope came from my dad's favorite one of my dad's favorite scriptures and the lively hope we have in Jesus Christ and his death burial and resurrection. My dad passed away in 2000. With having the daughter named Hope, she just kind of fits into that name, into the namesake of the forum as well. And they would be a lot prettier if they wouldn't rub on cedar trees. See that cow right? She's rubbed all their hair off because they love these cedar trees and they will they will just rub their hair it's more than just a money thing for us we love our babies and we 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 love to take care of them and we don't it puts you out a whole lot to have to take care of them but you know it's it's a life and and we love life well, come on. Uh, I, say that. I love the baby goats and lambs and all that but i love growing big horns they plan to eventually have a hay business, a nursery, increase their Muscovie duck population, and expand their business into soaps, lotions, and other products made from goat's milk. Find Lively Hope Farm on Facebook and online at livelyhopefarm.com. May is Older Americans Month, and elders play a very important role in the Potawatomi community, both as cultural knowledge keepers and for their wisdom from their long and flourishing lives. Hanukkah reporter Tina Bridenstein is with me on today's show. Tina, you recently spoke with and learned from two elders who live Manobamadzewin, or good lives, in more ways than one. Who did you talk to? I spoke with tribal member George Godfrey, who is a member of the Bergeron family. He is 80 years old and has been dancing since 1988, uh, living in central Illinois. I don't consider myself my I don't consider myself old, um, but <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is I heard one lady say um, that she mentioned to her daughter, said to her daughter, and she watched me. She looked at that old man. He's in every step. <laughs> he keeps in step with all the music. <laughs> And I also spoke to Lyman Bursaw, who is a member of the Bursaw family and brother of District 4 legislator John Bursaw with CPN. He is 90 years old and the regional housing manager at the Elder Village in Rossville, Kansas, as well as a um, veteran. He fought in the Korean War. As regardless of what my brother said, says, I was not in the war 1812. <laughs> I was in a Korean War. They sound like they have both had really impressive lives. What did you learn about honor in old age as you talked to them? I learned a lot about the, the knowledge that the elders carry. Um, general knowledge, but also knowledge about the tribal culture. Things that they have learned um, through their experiences and how they can pass those on to future generations. 
and help carry on the tribal culture and the tribal ways. George has been dancing for 35 years, and he did so much research into his tribal regalia, trying to make it as historically accurate as possible. And like photographs, and a lot of the uh, information I had came from the paintings of George Winter, uh, who was painted and sketched as Potawatomi uh, in the 1837-1838 at the time of the Potawatomi were forced out of Indiana and uh, into, uh, and in, into Kansas. And because of what uh, he uh, left, I decided that I would uh, take one of his more uh, simple uh, paintings, uh, which reflected the man that was uh, uh, walked all the way from Indiana to Kansas. And uh, he, his clothing was very simple. And so that's what I had patterned mind after. And then he also talked about dancing and the stories that he tries to convey through his dancing and how it tells the story of the tribe and their journey, how we got now to the seventh generation. And uh, there are some physical limitations, but uh, I have to uh, uh, sort of overcome those. And uh, if the temperature is too high, uh, my cardiologist said no. <laughs> and so uh, as long as it's 85 and, and a little bit low, I'm, I'm okay. And then Lyman, he's a veteran who's very involved with the CPN Veterans Organization. And he's a member of the Color Guard and carries the Eagle Staff in the Grand Entry into the powwow every year and has done that for years. 20 years. I've carried the Eagle Staff for 20 years. It was an honor, quite an honor. But I can't uh, make that many trips around the ceremony circle anymore, the dance grounds. Last year we did an abbreviated color guard and this year I think I'll just have to watch. How do they represent Potawatomi people and their families? I think George represents Potawatomi people not just now, but going back generations, because he's trying to tell their stories through his dance, through his regalia, and um, trying to make it as historically accurate as possible, and then trying to teach that to the younger generations and give them a piece of their history through the way he represents himself. And that's something Chairman John Rocky Barrett has recognized him for as well. But he, he, he mentioned that I had brought dancing back to the tribe. And uh, that's what I remember him saying. And so when I say the young children, I'm, I'm very uh, you know, glad that they are uh, taking on you know, their own uh, view of dancing and are bringing that into, the, uh, into their uh, uh, lives and into the life of the tribe. Not only is Lyman a veteran, but he's also the regional housing manager at the Elder Village in Rossville, Kansas. And that's also where he lives. I live across the parking lot, 110 steps from the front door. I count them, <laughs> I count them every day. So being an elder gives him a perspective that helps working with other elders that a younger person may not have. With all the computers and cell phones and internet and all the things that they did not comprehend. So I think 
being an elder does help in that way. And I believe that taking care of our elders is also serving our tribe. What were some major changes that they noted from when they were young to now? George talked a lot about how much he learned on his own because there wasn't a lot around for him to learn from. There weren't a lot of people who danced when he first started dancing. And so he had to do a lot of research on his own and speak to the few people he could find that were involved in that and sort of find his own path. And now many people dance in the tribe. I was um, always struck by the fact that there were very few citizens Potawatomi who went out and danced. And I said, well, I'm going to give it a shot. And Lyman talked about the changes in technology and how the things that were state-of-the-art when he was in the military now are obsolete. And the difficulty that older members of the community have navigating that technology. I was in the Army. I was a, what they call a specialist for a non-commissioned officer, a trainer on the 75-millimeter skysweeper in the anti-aircraft artillery. When I went in the service, it was a state-of-the-art. When I got out of the service, it was obsolete. Everything changes. What kind of advice did they have for younger Potawatomi or younger generations in general? George had really encouraged the, the younger generation to learn about their culture and to study tribal history and where they come from and who they come from. Sometimes when I uh, come down to Oklahoma, I know some of the younger people probably think I'm, I'm from the moon. Um, but I uh, have to realize that... Uh, they are looking at the dance regalia based on what they have seen, what they have experienced, and they have not gone back into the history of it. And then they both talked about the younger generations getting more involved and stepping up as the, as the elders age and they, they have more trouble taking part in things to have the younger generation step in there and carry on that culture. My only advice is take good care of the elders. They usually know a lot more than you think they do. Learn from the elders. And Lyman especially talked about the younger CPN veterans getting more involved in the CPN Veterans Organization. We need more participation in the veterans group. We had a pretty good group, and it's kind of somehow started to disintegrate. I hope it can, we can get it revived. Well, thank you, Tina, for sharing about your time with two of our elders who have greatly contributed to their communities. Thank you. It was such an honor to talk to them. Uh, I guess it uh, means that I'm, a, I'm available if anybody has a question they want to ask, and uh, I'll try to answer it. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. George Godfrey and his regalia were featured in Chicago photographer and CPN tribal member Sharon Hoogstratton's book, Dancing for Our Tribe, from OU Press. It is available on OU Press's website or online at major retail outlets.
Citizen Potawatomi Nation offers employees and tribal members numerous health and wellness options through its healthcare system and other services, including the Fire Lake Wellness Center. Hanukkah reporter Mary Lever spoke to FLWC director Leslie Cooper about why the Wellness Center is a great gym, but also offers so much more. We're fortunate to have the resource of the Wellness Center and staff. Well, thank you, the, Madam. At the Wellness Center. How do we dispel the myth? I think that a lot of people believe that if you're going to the gym, you're just going to become a bodybuilder. How do we get people away from that line of thinking? It's amazing to see the mentality that everybody has when they say the word gym. When you hear the word gym or you hear the word exercise, a lot of people associate that with bulk building, which is like bodybuilding, or they believe that when they come to the gym, you know, they have to run five miles on the treadmill in order to lose weight, or they've got to come in and lift heavy weights for an hour and a half in order to build muscle. And so I think a lot of it is just us educating people when they come in on what health and wellness is actually about to us with us being the wellness center of course we're the gym and we're a place for everybody to come and exercise and you know relieve some stress but there's more things to being well than just exercise I mean you can come in the gym and you can get in the pool you can water walk you can do an aerobics class you can walk on the track you can ride the bike there are all different aspects of exercise and health and wellness that people can do in order to make them a well whole person. Well, you mentioned stress relief. What are some of those ways that exercise can help you relieve that stress? And what are some of the other non-weight loss benefits that you can get from working out? Of course, anytime that you come in and you exert any kind of physical activity, you're going to relieve some stress out of your body only because when you exercise, of course, it increases blood flow, okay, which is going to increase your cardiovascular system. It's going to help that work more efficiently. It's going to take oxygen to the muscle tissue. So it's going to help relieve any type of um, muscle soreness that you might get. A lot of people even just coming in and walking get sore. And what that is, that soreness comes from lactic acid that builds up in the muscle. So the more you come in and the more physically active you are, the more you get the blood flow through your whole entire body, which is going to put more oxygen and, you know, send those nutrients and everything else to the rest of the muscle tissue, which will help decrease soreness. It will help decrease stress. Um, It's important because when you exercise, your body releases endorphins, okay? Those endorphins help people feel good. That helps you mentally. If you feel good, you're going to perform better, You're going to be in a better mood. You're going to sleep better. Exercise also kind of helps improve your sleep habits, Mm -hmm. you know, because your body's exerting energy. It makes it feel good. There are so many different levels of exercise that you can do. It's just finding the right one that works for you. What are some of those other ways that people can come to the gym, maybe get relief or get help for some conditions that... It may have developed by sitting at a desk for a good period of the day. We feel like the gym gives people a safe place to come to talk Mm -hmm. because it's kind of what happens in the gym stays at the gym. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. A lot of people are struggling with mental health issues right now. What I'm proud of is the fact that we call it a decompressing room. So any employee has access to it. 
And upstairs, we allow people. We have people from the clinic. We have people from admin. We have people from the grocery store. We have people from the casinos, different parts of the nation that come, and they use that room. I have uh, different kinds of books that you can read. I have de-stressing the coloring books. They can leave the lights on. They can leave them off. Um, If they just need to make a private phone call, if they just need to take a 15-minute power nap, Mm -hmm. just somewhere where they can just go and decompress and just kind of gather their thoughts. We also like to work on that wellness side of it with them too, you know, because there's more to a person than just being fit. What can we do to counter that voice that's telling us you don't need to get up and move when really we know it's going to help us? I think it's all mindset. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's a choice. And I know it's tough. I mean, it's tough for us too. Mm -hmm. But I think it's one of those you just have to kind of set your mind to it and decide, hey, this is what I want to do. And a lot of times people don't realize there's things they can do at home. You know, you can do squats while you're folding laundry. You can do calf raises while you're washing the dishes, things like that. And so we encourage people, let us know what you're what, what is your lifestyle about? Because we don't live your life for you. We don't walk in your shoes, but we can try. We can try to figure out what we can do to help you. People just have to learn to have a little bit of more grace with themselves. Right. And just realize that, you know what, it's okay if I want to take the day off today. I'll just hit it tomorrow. We're like Motel 6. We keep the light on for <laughs> you. So come on back in and we can help you figure out something. So for people who are a little more experienced then, Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of their other options if they're hoping to take it to the next level and find a new challenge? I think if you've developed a great workout routine and you've developed a a habit and Mm -hmm. you're a gym rat and you're ready to move to the next level, our trainers can help you get there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have Jesse, who is a real big high intensity trainer. He loves doing things like that. Brandon is my big time He's my strength and conditioning guy, mm-hmm. former football player at Kansas. So he can help you build muscle mass mm-hmm. if, if that's what you're looking for. You know, we have Kobe that is great with boxing. If you're one of those and you're kind of tired of the weightlifting thing and you want to kind of get into more cardio and work on upper body, like, you know, Kobe's your guy. Mm-hmm. So Leslie Collier, who's wonderful, she's our transitional trainer. So she came from um, the physical therapy department. And so she is great at mechanics and techniques, and she's great at taking you to the next level if you're really overcoming a certain injury or something that you're battling, Mm -hmm. a physical ailment or Mm -hmm. bone issue. Joni, who's been in our diabetes department forever, transitioned over to my staff. Um, Joni's a big cardio girl, and, you know, if you're one of those that's ready to step up cardio, she's the one. We have a bounce class that is taught by a former employee, Channing Psycho, and it is awesome. It's a rebounding class, and she is great. So, you know, with any form of exercise that you're doing, and we've got those regulars that come in, you know, we tell them, you get out of it what you put into it. I think what makes us a little bit different than a lot of places, too, is I think we're all approachable. You don't walk in the wellness center and feel like he's a bodybuilder, she's a fitness model, we all have our our own personal health issues. We're real life. Right. What you see is what you get. We just try to make everybody feel included and make them feel special and make them feel like they're valued and they just have a place to come where they can enjoy themselves and just be themselves. Mm-hmm. Fire Lake Wellness Center is open Monday through Thursday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., Friday 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturday 8 a.m. to noon. Find out more at cpn.news backslash FLWC.
Hanukkah Podcast is produced and brought to you by Citizen Potawatomi Nation's Public Information Department. Please click the subscribe button and leave us a rating. And share the show with your family and friends. You can find CPN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potawatomi. Visit us on the web and find digital editions of the tribal newspaper at potawatomi.org. That's P-O-T-A-W-A-T-O-M-I dot org. Miigwech nikanek, mamamina. Thank you, friends. See you later. <laughs>